This is Monday, March 21st, and we've moved into our fifth week of our study entitled Gentle and Lowly. This is the focus of our study running up to Easter, and it's unique. We're not looking at the teaching of Jesus, or the miracles of Jesus, or even the cross of Jesus. We are working to get a glimpse into the heart of Jesus. Now, we learned during our first week that for the Jewish people, the term heart Well, it doesn't mean that muscle in in your chest. The heart was considered to be the control system of your entire life. Your heart guides your actions, is the seat of your emotions, and also holds the secret behind your motivations. The problem is we cannot see the hearts of others. In truth, we don't completely know our own heart. So how are we going to know the heart of Jesus? Well, first he tells us about his heart. He explains that he is gentle and lowly in heart, and that makes it safe for us to come to him. But that's all he says. But we can, second, observe Jesus to get glimpses into his heart. Take, for example, this scene from the ministry of Jesus. You'll find it in John chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placed her in the midst. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They said this to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Now for just Jesus, for Jesus, just being in Jerusalem placed him in danger. He's not afraid. Indeed, he steps into a scene right outside the temple. The religious leaders had their eyes fixed there. It was arguably, arguably the most public place in the city. And this is why they have brought the woman caught in adultery. They mean to shame her and stone her to death. In the process, they want to use this moment to either recruit Jesus to their list of Pharisees or to mark him out as a traitor to the law of God. Notice that the woman is presented to Jesus. He's asked what the law commands in a case like hers. Of course, this moment will reveal the heart of Jesus. Will he cave in to the leaders and do what they want? Or will he stand with the woman who is caught in sin? Will he support the religious power of the city and the temple? Or will he extend grace to a sinner? Here we come to see that Jesus is not playing to the crowd. He is not trying to gain favor with those in power. We are told that Jesus wrote on the ground. He's not in a hurry. There's no rush to judgment. Instead, he makes them think. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote, and commentators have proposed solutions all along the way. But we just don't know. That's the truth. But here's what happens next. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. 
And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. That's John 8, 7 to 11. Now we're stunned into silence. Jesus defended the woman not by saying that what she's done doesn't matter. In, instead, Jesus pressed the leaders about their sin. Sure, you can pick up stones, Jesus says, if you haven't sinned. And then one by one, they slink away in silence. Jesus is just there with the woman. Jesus doesn't shame her in any way. By asking her a question, he gets her to say that none of the men remain to condemn her. You see, he is getting her to see grace, the fact that she is loved in her sin. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Yes, Jesus is living this out. But now would be the time to ask about his heart. What do you see? We see a complete unwillingness to condemn this woman, though she has sinned. We see that Jesus remains with her. He hasn't turned away. We see how Jesus moves her toward grace and forgiveness. And then we hear Jesus say this as well. Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. Now those words at the end, telling her to leave her life of sin, they're not a dig. They're spoken with the confidence and grace of Jesus. You see, Jesus would have been cruel to say this to her unless by forgiveness and love she is enabled to live a changed life. Now we have seen the compassionate heart of Jesus in action. He doesn't have to tell us that he loves sinners. We see his love in action. At the risk of his reputation and his life, Jesus stood with her and protected her. How can we not be drawn to the heart of Jesus? I wonder if we have thought about how Jesus has come to us in our sin and our need. Do we see him disappointed? Do we think he would turn away from us? If so, we don't know his heart. Instead, we see Jesus pursuing people trapped in sin and crushed by the realities of their lives. And this is the same Jesus that cares for us even now. Let's pray. Holy God, it's not only the guilt of our sin that we know, we know the shame of it. They're patterns of behavior that we cannot stop. We don't have the strength of will. We know our weaknesses. We wonder how you could care for us. And then we see the heart of Jesus, and we can see that we have a hope and a future in him. Help us this day to see Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen.